Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. Today, I am really, really excited to be interviewing Sharon Rose. And Sharon has a variety of hats that she wears, and I'm gonna tell you all about them. She's the High Priestess of the Goddess Leadership Academy. She's a master life coach, a motivational speaker, a writer, entrepreneur, and a woman's empowerment activist devoted to helping her students and clients connect more deeply with themselves so that they can live their most vibrant lives. So welcome, Sharon. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I saw you were doing such fabulous things um, on Facebook, so I wanted to reach out to you and see what you're up to and how that can, how your work empowers others to really, you know, it's not just saying I'm empowering people to live their best life, but you're actually doing the work and um, doing it for yourself as well. Yeah, I am. And I, I love my life and I love the work that I do. Um, and everything that I do really is like, I'm constantly pushing my own limits and my own boundaries because we have to live by example when we're doing it for me, like when I'm doing this type of work, like how can I expect anyone else to do anything if I'm not willing to do it myself? So I'm always like showing up for the challenges and the opportunities that I find within myself and outside of myself. Because I feel like if I want to encourage and empower others to do that, they have to see that it can first be done. And so like, I'm like listening to everything that you said, like she's a motivational speaker and an author and like all of these things. I'm like, wow, like I am doing a lot. And it's really, that empowers me. Like having you read that back to me, I'm like, wow, like I don't recognize that all the time. And it's, it's really powerful. It certainly fun. is. It certainly is. And like you said, you have to walk the walk while you're talking the talk. It's not mm -hmm. enough to actually just have the um, letters behind your name and then not do anything with it. Yeah, exactly. You have to be doing the work out in the world and showing that again, it's like lead by example, do as I do, not as I say, like, right. do what, like if you want to live a life where you can work for yourself and like be yourself, like a lot of the things that make me who I am are like outcasted by a lot of people. Cause like I consider myself to be a witch, to be an energy worker. Um, I goddess faith is my, my path and my spirituality. And it's not common, at least out here in Arizona, well, Arizona, probably more so than other places in the United <laughs> States. Um, but I really, there is this little extra that I show up as because I'm like, this is who I am and I'm not going to apologize for it. And it took me a long time to get here. For sure. Like I'm just like this year has been like the year that I'm like, you know what? Like this is who I am and I'm putting it all in. Like I'm going all in. And look, here's Brody. Oh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> but it was the year of the Empress. So it was a three year. So it was yeah. definitely a feminine energy year where, where you could step into, you know, kind of that um, energy. What do you feel like was the hardest part for you to, um, you know, keep taking steps forward or actually kind of find that courage to start to begin with? I think the courage to start to begin with just, I, I could no longer continue doing what I was doing. Like I almost died. I could no longer continue walking down the path that I was doing. And so walking down a very dark path. I mean, like, here's the thing. It was dark inside, but like on the outside, everyone would be like, what are you talking about? You had a great hospitality career. You had all these great, like a great apartment in downtown DC, like all of these things. But like inside I was suffocating and like, I literally could not. And so it came to this point where I had to make a choice and it was like, continue doing what I was doing or just change it. Um, and so it really was like I hit rock bottom and that was the catalyst for me changing my life. And I don't know that I would consider that point courageous as much as survival. But as I kept going through the process, as I started, when I decided to make the change, the change I decided to make was to leave the East Coast, come out to Arizona, leave hospitality, figure it out for a little while. And I ended up um, at Sweeha in the yoga teacher training program. And I had been practicing yoga on and off since I was 19, 
I didn't realize what those little, like the shifts that were happening within me though, because even though my body was changing and I was getting these little sparks of information and awareness, it really wasn't until like I had to go all the way down to the darkness before I realized that, oh, there's the reason I'm in this dark place is because I know that there's something else out there for me that I'm supposed to be doing. And so when I moved out here, the thing that really kept me going was being surrounded by a community of really strong and authentic and vulnerable women. And it was like, whenever I was like they being in a group, like my new moon women's circle in my yoga teacher training, surrounded by people who were also doing the work, who really understood where I was coming from. I needed that support. Like, I don't know that I would have been able to continue doing the work that I was doing without them. And so it helped me to heal my relationship with myself, with women to re-embody myself really. Cause I, I always say that before yoga, like, I don't think my spirit was in my body. I think it was kind of hovering around very close, but it was disconnect. I couldn't connect. I kept myself disconnected on purpose. Um, because that was the scary threshold I had a pass at that time. But as I continued to grow, the courage came from standing on the shoulders of others who had already done it and trusting that I could do it. too. (laughs) That's Tuna. Um, And really trusting that I could do it too, that I had this power within that I could make it through. And so in those moments of like doubt or despair, like negative self-talk and all that, I would just like remind myself like, okay, you can do this. You're surrounded by people who are doing this. And so there was a little bit of that external validation that I still needed when I first started, which I think is normal for a lot of people. Like when you're just stepping into self-development work and stepping into this work of really becoming your most authentic and vibrant self, you have to surround yourself with people who are doing it too, so that you know you're not alone because it can be a very lonely road, especially like the first part of self-development is probably the darkest part because it's when you have to go through your beliefs, your patterns, your negative thoughts, your experiences, and take responsibility and accountability for those. And that's not always easy. And it's not always like the light self-love magic, Um, but it is self-love. It is self-love to do that type of work and to show up. And I like, this is like adulting 10,000% is like taking accountability for the stuff that you could not control. And just saying like, okay, this is what I experienced. I'm going to be responsible for myself moving forward. And I think when you're first getting started, having a really strong group of people around you who understand what you're going through is key. And like, for me, like my family didn't really understand, like they understand now because now I've been doing it for, you know, I've been in business for four years, but I've been doing this work for about seven or eight. And now that I'm like, I've, I've done a lot of the darker work and now I have this really strong foundation of, I knew, know who I am. And so now the courage comes in my faith with the goddess really. So it's like, I have so much validation, right? Like everyone validates me and it's awesome. It's like, you validated me today, you know, and it's awesome. And that's part of what building a business is and what keeps us doing the work that we're doing is knowing that it's supporting other people. But now the courage that I need, I can't get from that. That like, now it's this internal, um, courage that I have to start invoking. And for me, that really comes from my faith in the goddess. And so I'm constantly praying to the angels, to the goddess, to the goddesses, um, just asking for their support to help me break through the fears and blocks and constantly just like reframing in my mind, like that was a negative thought. Is it true? No. Okay. What is the truth then? And just constantly moving through that, that space. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's just, it's such a process. And a lot of times, like, I just feel like you hit the, you hit so many different points that are so important for people. Like you can't go through it alone. It's great to have a supportive um, thing, but you have to kind of go through it alone after a while, because um, there will be phases in your own personal journey where you can't nobody else can do the work for you. You have to do it for yourself and just, always keeping an eye on the fact that when you're negative thinking or doubting yourself or whatever, you have to just turn to faith and prayer and just reframe what you're doing. And yeah, it's, it's everything you said. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I love what you just said that like, we do have to do the work ourselves though. Like, yes, it's important to have a group, but that, that piece is so, piece is so key is that 
you're still doing the work on your own. And that's a really important part. No one can make you take accountability or act differently or read the books or go to a coach or, you know, go see a therapist or do any of these different things like that has to be your choice. And I think that's a huge part of self-development too, is you can't force anyone to develop themselves. And so like, I have people reach out to me all the time. And they're like, will you talk to my mom? Will you talk to my sister? Will you do this? Will you do that? And I'm like, I can try but that's not my work. Like they have to want it. They mm -hmm. have to decide that they want to do it. And so even if you are surrounded by huge amounts of people who are like, yeah, you're doing great. If you're still in this mindset of, I don't want to, or I don't need to, then it's going to be more of a challenge for you. So there's definitely that piece of you have to want in yourself to do the work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's true too. And nobody else knows exactly what you're feeling like on the inside. And so they can't really, not only can they not do the work for you, but if you have to do the work so that you can improve your life even, or the way that you're thinking. So as much external validation as you get, if you're not feeling it within you, then it's just, you have to, make changes. Yeah. And yeah. it's a lot of mindset work for sure. Like I believe like I'm an integrated practitioner. I believe in mind, body, spirit, they're mm -hmm. all connected. So, but th there's also like a balance, right? So like we see it a lot as like a spiral, like they're all connected or like a triangle that's all connected, but they're also like, there's like this balancing act that needs to happen with all three, because sometimes it's like, maybe you don't have the workout regime that you want, or you're not going to yoga every day, but you're really working on your mindset and really doing some of the mental work, or you're doing a lot of spiritual development and work. And so maybe the body part isn't what your focus is on, but you're still doing it, right? Like it's still there. And then sometimes it's, I know like sometimes I'm so in my yoga practice and that is like my mental work that I have to do, right? Like it's like when I'm on my mat sometimes I'm like, this is enough mental energy just to do <laughs> practice right now. And so sometimes it's like this, I like to think of it as like everything comes in balance. Like I believe wholly in that everything is cyclical and everything that goes around comes around again. And so we're always going to be given the opportunity to put ourselves and make different choices in different circumstances. Right. And I believe that's so true for self-development. Like, you know, for me, it's like, I, I'm not someone who like wakes up every morning at 6am and does yoga and then meditates. And then like, sometimes my meditation practice is at like 6pm. And I'm like, great, because every day I wake up differently, I feel differently. And I work with lunar astrology. And so the astrology of the moon, and so every, you know, two to three days, the moon is changing where it is, what sign it's in. And each day that means that we're every two to three days, that means that we have a different energy that we're working with. And so on some days I wake up and I'm super fiery and I'm like, all right, we're getting right to work today. And this is awesome. And I have that energy to give to that. And then other days I'm like, I want to be on a blanket for the first four hours reading a book of my day. And like, that, so that's what I do. So another, like something that I really I'm working towards in my life is just allowing myself to just be on my day to day. Like, obviously I have schedules. I have things that I have to show up for and responsibilities, of course, but those are all agreements that I made, right? Like no one has made that agreement for me or has told me like, this is what your hours are. This is when you have to do it. And for me, that's always been a really big part of everything I've done in life. Um, Cause I really value freedom. And for me, freedom is just sovereignty. It's being able to do and be in my power. And that means I get to decide. I have the choice. Um, and, you know, compromise is a part of that, showing up for agreements and responsibilities. But that has been something I've always worked towards and something I encourage my clients and my students to work towards is don't just think about the money that you want to make or the lifestyle that you want to have. But like, how do you want to be feeling in all of that? Like for me, I want to feel my sovereignty back in, like, I want to take that back. I want to feel that freedom. Um, and self, like all of the work I've done through the goddess, through all of it has been what's taken me there. Right. Well, and this is a big pivot that I feel like society is on right now. And people like you and I are working towards moving into, you know, kind of the way that we do things because before it was all schedules, it was all out, out, external energy and, and drive and ambition and 
always being on, like you said, instead of honoring where you are in the phase and where your energy is at, it was always producing, always giving, always to the point of depletion and exploitation in some instances, a lot of instances when women are concerned, definitely. Ah, that was my whole life in hospitality. It was like a very, ma- even though like my coworkers were women and my immediate boss was women, the mentality is still that of this hustle, hustle, power, power, you know, got to work and grind to the bone. And like, that's how I ended up in that dark spiral was I didn't have time or energy for anything except work. And that's just not healthy. Unless that's like the lifestyle that you enjoy working, which I know people who love that kind of a lifestyle and that's awesome. But for those of us who don't, it can be that despair. It can take us into these dark places. And that is, but I love what you said about how like the world is starting to change. And I, I do believe that's what is happening. Like there's a global conscious awakening. People are recognizing like, Hey, there are other things that we can be doing and it's happening more and more. And like, that's part of what I love to do is to encourage and show women like, this is the life that you can have. Um, and I believe that's the power of the, the matriarchy and the matriarch. And that's like what we're really working towards. And like, this has nothing to do with men or women. It's 100% an internal belief system and systems of processes that are done differently. And so like a lot of people look at the word patriarchy and get like, burn the patriarchy, like take it back. <laughs> Just like, all right, guys, like calm down. Like it's okay. Really, like it's not the people in it. It's the belief system that the, the patriarchy, that that system is that there is one on top and then two and then three. And so it's a hierarchy system is really what it is. But through that system, there's a lot on the bottom and a small amount on top. And so that's what we really need to start shifting is not just taking people out of power, but we need to start shifting the way we think about these things because electing a new president or electing new officials who, or, you know, in religion, like whatever institution you're in, it could be a college, it could be your kid's middle school. Like by electing someone to the highest position, just based on their belief systems and what they're going to promise you, someone's always going to get put in the corner. Someone's always going to be told that they're wrong in that way or that they're less than. And so I feel like we're really starting to recognize that we're breaking out of that system and that we're starting to move more into a matriarchal system, which is, hey, I have this, let's share. You need this, I have this, we can do this together. And there's still money involved. I think people get really scared about money, like money's going to disappear. And it's like, what if it did? Like, what if we no longer worked with money? And at the same time, like, that's not the point of the matriarchy. The matriarch is just saying, let's all work together to ensure that we can all live this best life together. And we all take care of each other and we're there for one another. And it's more of a mindset and a like a structural belief system than it is anything else. But it's very cyclical. It shows that like, when we are doing our work, it's going to come around. How are you going to act that next time it comes around? How are you going to act that next time it comes around? And it's just showing us that we're always going to be in the cycle. Like there is no up and down. It's around. Right. Right. But like you said, it's scary for people to think like, Oh, okay. If I don't have money or if I want money, people are really like, especially spiritual people are like, I'm like, yeah, give money to everybody so that everybody can be spending money because then the money is going around and there's more people that have it instead of like siphoning it all up to the top or, you know, or like, you know, eating the rich or whatever, like seriously. (laughs) That's so true. There's so the stories that have been built around money, like my money, like we all have a money story. We all have to do that. That in itself was like a year and a half, two years of really digging in and doing that type of work and trying to figure out like, what do I believe about money? What it, what is it that I need to change and rewrite my story? And it's still happening now. Like there's still things that come up that I'm like, am I buying this out of love or out of lack? Right. And that's one of my biggest things because Growing up, my money story was that we didn't have enough and that there would never be enough. So whenever I got money, I would spend it unless I was saving for something very particular. And then I would save up all the money just to spend it on that thing. Right. Um, But as I dove into my money story, I can see how much lack is in that and it's not love. And now I would buy things just because I had the money, right? And now I'm in this place where it's like, 
okay, am I buying this because I love it or because I feel like if I don't buy it now, I'm never going to get it. And depending on that answer is de decides what I'm going to purchase or not, or what I'm going to do. And so I always spend my money with love. And when it comes to like the higher structure, it's like the people who are hoarding all of this money, they have so much fear. Like they're, these are the same people who are talking about war, who are talking about, we have to spend all this money to build walls and to hide scandals and to do all these things. Like they're hoarding money to protect themselves from things that people who don't have money can't even fathom. And right. so the people who don't have the money are, you know, trying to figure out like, how do I just, and they tend to be happier sometimes because they're just like, you know, more grateful for what they have, but they're just trying to figure out sometimes where their next meal is coming from. And so there's such this disconnect when it comes to money and people are so afraid of losing it. They're afraid of what'll happen if they have it because they're afraid they're going to turn into the people on the top and like that mindset. So it's a whole, it's a whole, whole thing. And like when it comes to people in spirituality and like, so I mentor a lot of new entrepreneurs who are looking to start their spiritual businesses or practices, metaphysical practices. And I always tell them like, cause the, this is, this is the favorite, right? Well, shamans didn't get paid, right? Like that is a favorite. I don't know where they learned that from. I don't know where right. they from, but I always say, I'm like, well, maybe they didn't get paid in money and maybe they lived and went and found a cave to live in, but they didn't just give their services for free. Like they were given food, they were given water, they were given furs, they were given an exchange of something to receive those healing properties, right? Mm -hmm. To receive that healing from the shaman. So maybe the currency back then just wasn't money. It wasn't this paper thing that we've created in our society, but they gave in other ways. And so when I tell them that it's with the intention that they realize that like money is just the common currency that we work with right now. It used to be horses or grain or furs and like all these other things. And we just have to lean into money is money. Money's not good. Money's not bad. It's not evil. It does. It's not the root of anything. It's not the root of anger or fight. It's just the thing, but it's our mindset around it that really needs to start shifting. And this is like a global, like the, I mean, so I study like feminism and I, I don't consider myself a feminist, but I study the feminist movement and I'm looking at like the cycles and the behaviors that are in that and like the political systems, the religious, like I like to kind of see how it's all working. I look at things from a very like transpersonal um, point of view and it, it runs deep everywhere. It runs so deep and it's like, we have to heal this part of ourselves. We have right. to heal personal money stories, um, because that will help heal the global money story of 1%, 99%. Totally. Totally. Well, and like you said, money's not evil. It's not the root of anything. It's, it's a means like if you have more money, then you can do more good is the way that I've been seeing it lately. Like when I have money, I can, um, give to like Deborah, which is for the, um, little babies who have skin disorders and things like that. I can do this. I can do that. I can fund politicians who I like or who have a better. So it's, it's a tool yeah, rather than like an evil thing, but yeah. And we have to be another thing about the femininity is receptivity because we've learned how to block everything. We've just learned I have to be a little man and <laughs> And I can't be receptive, but the whole thing about feminine is receptive. It is open to receiving and it is like be, it's nurturing, but it has to be supported in that nurturing. So to have the best um, ability to nurture other things. Yes. And we first need to be able to nurture ourselves. Yeah. Like, yeah, the more money we have, the more we can actually be of service in the world. Like, you know, we can't, but you know, I hear all the time, oh, I want to open a wellness center. I want to open a healing center in, you know, underdeveloped countries. And it's like, well, you're not even willing to take $50 for a session that you're offering. How are you going to save enough money or start to show people that you have financial backing to be able to do these big things that you're talking about doing? And it's so important. And like, yeah, like being open and receptive, like we as women have been told to shut, like close yourself off, like literally close your legs, close your heart. Like you only pay attention to your husband and your children. And like, those are your people like that has been the story 
that we've been told. So we've literally closed ourselves off from receiving all of this other abundance that's out in the world, which has led to codependency um, issues in a lot of ways. This idea that we are um, siloed in our own experience and that no one else can understand what we're possibly going through. And it's like, as we, but I believe like we're breaking out of that. I mean, not everyone, but there are a lot of us who are starting to step up and break out of that cycle because we're realizing that like we can receive all of this. And I have seen women like manifest incredible, incredible things into their life when they start doing the work and really paying attention to, because the truth is, is like you can do whatever on the outside and create money. But if you want to create that sense of abundance in your life where you can be of service and really take care of yourself, then you have to do your inner work around it. And there is this mindset that I hear a lot about like, well, you know, I just need to be of service to other people. And it's like, well, can you feed yourself? Do you have a home? Do you have a way to, do you have transportation if it's necessary? Like we're so willing to sacrifice our basic needs to support other people, even as practitioners. And it's like, again, like I'm someone who like, I live by example. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm living my best life. If I'm not like, I love my life. I am so grateful. I am so blessed. I am lucky in a lot of ways that, and when I say lucky, I'm lucky enough to, to have been afforded. And I wanted to say awarded the opportunity to understand the power of the mind. And that's not something that everyone has. And it's not something that everyone has the capacity to understand because a lot of people like, so there's, there's people who will come and like, tell me that what I'm saying is like, well, that's easy to say for someone who has a lot of money and you know, who understands that. And it's like, but I also understand the people who don't have any money because I at one time didn't have any money and I literally didn't eat for a week because I didn't know where my next paycheck was coming from. And I had to learn through the mind how to do that. So when I have money though, what it affords me to do is then go back to those people and teach them about mindset and to support them in those ways and to do what I can. But it's, we have to stop judging each other on this because there is a lot of, a lot of practitioner judgment that goes around, you know, and it's just, we're all at different, there's different levels of consciousness. There's different levels of, you know, obviously prosperity and things like this, but it's, what do you do with it? It's how do you show up for it? And we do like the judgment thing though. I see it all the time, like practitioners judging practitioners because they're doing it differently. And it's just like, we're all in this together, you guys. Right. Right. And then, you know, that it, it just opens up so many different things because in a way what we were talking about before is, is shutting ourselves down, judging other people, not opening up to other groups, you know, hoarding um, resources, hoarding people, hoarding emotions. And then when we learn, like when you're in a group of women and you see them going through similar or the same processes and you see how giving and nurturing and supportive, you know, and you break down those barriers and you stop judging and you open up, that's where the magic happens. And then yeah. when you start living this life and you're just like, I've opened myself up to, yeah, in the same way as you, I mean, not eating so that I could give food to my kid or, you know what I'm saying? And, and then going from that to going in, in my life right now and just being like, oh my gosh, like part of that too was total mindset and opening myself up to what the universe could offer me and being generous mm -hmm. and being supportive, but also being like, hey, I can open myself up for being taken care of and everything else too. Yeah. And that is so huge. And I'm so glad you like restated that and said it because so it's not like, I feel like it's so easy to do. Right. But like, it's not that easy to do. And so I mentioned earlier, my new moon women's circle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I moved here to Arizona and I was in my yoga teacher training and my friend Nicole took me to this new moon women's circle and I walk in and there are these four, like just, of the most powerful women I've ever seen sitting around this altar in this living room of this woman I've never been to. I've never met her before, but there's like 40 women in this room. And I remember being there and just being like mind blown. I had never been in such a loving, supportive space filled with women. And there was, it was a potluck, there was food. They had all been doing this for a couple of months already. I was my first one. 
So I remember going, had a great time, amazing meditation. That was the first time I worked with the goddess. Um, that was like four years ago. And I just remember being like, wow, like this is incredible. And then I didn't go back for six months because the minute I stepped outside of that energy, I was flooded with doubt and judgment and insecurity and all of these feelings of unworthiness. And it was incredible because I was just like, holy cow, like that was amazing. But I was so afraid to go back. I was like, none of them would ever want to talk to me again. Like I was so weird. Like I was awkward. Like they all know each other. Like they're not going to accept me. Like all that is what came up from being there that night. That summer is when I went through my first life coaching training. And at the time I was living with four guys. So I was like growing, I was a guy's girl. I was, I had almost no girlfriends, just a few really good ones, but that was it. But for the most part, I hung out with guys and I was a guy's girl. That summer during my life coaching, I worked through so much stuff. Like, and it was all around my relationship with women. And so like, I needed to go to that circle so I could feel all these things. And it was divine timing that I was also in this training program. I cleared out so much stuff that by the end of the summer, I was like, I am done with men. I need women in my life. Like I cannot deal with these guys anymore. And I went back and it was in September and it was at the woman who was running its house. And I got there and I was just like, wow, like, okay, this is where I need to be. I was like, I'm super uncomfortable. I don't really like this, but I know that I feel good when I'm in this energy and I just have to get used to it. Now this is after doing some serious self-development work for six months. And I go back and I immediately, she's like, all right, um, she was really pregnant at the time. And she's like, I'm looking for volunteers who would be open to facilitating at their home and co-facilitating the ritual. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'll do it. And like, I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> but it was so automatic. <laughs> and those women are now some of my best friends. We're in a coven together. We practice magic together. We do all these things together. Um, and the woman who started that circle and facilitates is like one of my soul sisters. But it took me like going, feeling all of that, like it's getting to experience the joy and the abundance and the gratitude of like what it's like to be part of such a powerful group of people and a powerful group of women that get you. And then to leave it and having all of those things come in and all of the doubts and all of those negative thoughts and then having the opportunity to work through them to be able to go back and be like, okay, I understand. And I'm going to do this anyway. And I think that that is the piece that's like so important when we're opening ourselves up to receive is that sometimes you're going to go places and then you're going to and like be awesome and think like, I'm going to do this all the time. And then you leave and you're like, oh no. And like your negative self-talk is trying to protect you. Like it's the talk that you've always given yourself. It's not, it just is what it is. It's the stories you've grown up with. It's the experiences that you've had. And it's, once you recognize though, and you're aware that you can have something different, you have to be willing to open yourself up to receive that and to do the work that it's going to take you to get to that point though. Like, I don't think if I would have gone back within those six months, I would be who I am today. Cause I think I would have been faking it a lot and I like authentic, vibrant expression. Like that is what I'm about. And so if you're afraid, like say that you're afraid, if you're in doubt and you don't want to go back, then like don't go back, but also don't pretend that like everything's okay. Like do the work. And that's what I had to do. Like I had to do the work to get me to the point that I could go back. And once I went back, I was like, okay, I'm scared, but I'm open. And I'm like, I'm here. And I have received so many blessings from that experience. And so it's, a, and like, it's cyclical, right? Like, so that was an experience that I had five years ago where I had to open myself up to receive and I'm literally doing the exact same thing right now with my partner and music. It's like, I've been scared of playing music, singing these things all of my life because of stories and negative self-talk that I can't do it and lack of encouragement and da, 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 da. And it's like, I'm now in this place where it's like, okay, I'm open to receive whatever it is I'm meant to receive musically. Cause I know that there's like, I've known since I was a little girl, there's something in me musically that has to come out. And so now I'm working towards it. I could just as easily dump my boyfriend and be like, it's too intimidating to be around you and your friends. Like, because they're all professional musicians. I could just as easily be like, I'm out. Like, this is too scary. Or I can be like, all right, well, you want to hang out with these people. You are intimidated by them because they're incredibly talented and they have something that you want 
to embody. So it's like, you have two options, run or do the work. So I'm doing the work, like I'm taking piano lessons, I'm taking singing lessons. And the reason that I'm sharing this is because I, it's the exact same feelings I felt five years ago, walking into that new moon women's circle, the exact same thing. And so it's just, but look like I can look back on that and be like, wow, like, Look at my life because I chose to do the courageous thing. Look at my life because I chose to face my fears and do my work. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And so it's just, it's recognizing that when we are willing to open and receive, we get blessings. And then we also get confidence. Like this is where confidence comes from. It's doing the work. Yeah. Well, and the whole thing too, I think it's really important that you said it too. You might not walk into the room being the most talented person. You might not walk into the room knowing exactly how you're going to do what your heart and your soul and your spirit is telling you you have to do, but you can put the energy into it. You can put the time into it. You can put your fears aside and just say, you know what, I'm going to give it my best shot. And if I don't give it my best shot, then maybe it's not the time. Number one, you said at first you didn't go back for a little while. You had to do some work on yourself. So don't just throw it in the bucket because you're not fully there yet. You know, let it simmer for a while and do the work. And, and then through that work, like you said, you gain confidence, you gain clarity, you gain perspective, you get over your fears, and then you have something beautiful at the end of it that you would never have had if you had just like ran away from it. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what it is, is it's this, it's a process. It's a process. Like, this is a perfect testament to our society's instant gratification sickness. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to go ahead and call it a sickness because it can be healed. There is, and I was, I was a part of that. Like if I didn't get the instant results, I, w- I would stop. I wouldn't do it. And I'm, I'm grateful because that is the power of persistence and devotion and discipline is what breeds success. Like the work that I'm doing in my business, I've been doing it for four years and it keeps growing and it keeps, it keeps turning. But I know people who are like, if it doesn't happen in the first six months or a year, I'm giving up because I need to be making money now. And it's like, that's not how life works in any, in any place. Like you're not going to pick up a guitar. I'm not going to pick up a piano and know how to play it just because I put my hands on the keys. Like I have to sit there and practice every single day and I have to sit there and do the drills and do the work. And it's the same thing in self-development. Like some people think like, I'm going to go take a yoga class and I'm going to be healed. And it's like, Oh no, probably not. Or like, I'm going to go see a therapist one time and I'm going to be healed. And it's like, also probably not. Like we have to get away from this idea of instant gratification because it just isn't real. Like the instant gratification is just, it's not real. It's a mask that hides someone else's hard work that they have put into it. And it's just really deciding where, where do we want to put that you know, where do we want to put that work in? And it's like, some people put it into their families and that's awesome. Some people put it into their career. Some people put it into learning an instrument as a hobby. Um, you know, you can put that energy into a hobby too. Like it doesn't have to be about it, but you have to put the energy at least into yourself to, to get you to that place where you're going to get the results. And that's where fulfillment comes from. Like you don't get fulfilled in your heart and in your soul and in your body from instant gratification. It's the work that goes in. It's the time that you continually put in and put in and put in that, that when you have that spark of awareness of success, that aha moment, it's like, oh, this was all worth it. Like this was worth all of the time, the tears, all of the different things. And it's that self-development, a lifelong journey. There's always going to be things that pop up for you to work on. And it's just how willing are you to step in front of your fears and do it. And it's a moment to moment thing. Like some people, like I hear like, it's going to be this big thing and I'm going to know when I need to do the thing. And it's like, nope, no, you're not. It happens in the, it's your thoughts. It happens in the moment to moment. And what are you willing to do in that moment? Right. Right. And that's so important too. Like the, the entirety of it, because, okay, number one, the, the, just the, instant gratification, giving up if I'm not the best in like a second and, you know, getting in front of your fears and actually knowing that 
it's going to change. Success is going to evolve and shift. And it's, it's always going to be like, oh, okay, I got here. Wow, this looks great. Oh, it's a plateau. There's still a little bit more to go until I get up to that next peak. And so really kind of, okay, let's, you know, enjoy it while it's here. Breathe in, look back, see how far I've gotten. Breathe. <laughs> yeah, breathe. Yes, yes. And people forget that too. Like the most, like the most basic things, food, water, taking care of themselves, breathing deeply. Um, one of the things in yoga is the smallest shifts lead to like the biggest, you know, changes in feeling aligned and, and, getting so you might not have to make a huge giant shift but you might have to shift everything one degree and yeah. yeah and just stand with your shoulders back and your and breathe into it and then get going <laughs> like it's incredible you just tuck your chin and your whole spine all of a sudden straightens like 10 yeah. like it's all of a sudden nice and straight but that's so true i love that metaphor of it it's like and we always, like, we assume it has to be this grand gesture. Like, we live in a country of grand, well, I live in a country of grand gestures. And it's like, it's not about the big things. It really is about the little things and about paying attention to the little things and honoring and enjoying the little things like your breath, like that little just like shoulder back half an inch that now your heart explodes and opens in a yoga class and all of those things. It's the little things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah. And I think that's, a, it's gaining more popularity. I know Oprah brought like gratitude to the forefront and everything like that, but it's really also an important thing just on a daily basis to like take some time and say, okay, I am so grateful. I'm grateful. My kids drive me nuts sometimes, but I'm so grateful for them that I have them. I'm grateful for warmth. I'm grateful for food. I'm grateful for a home. You know, it's easy to get caught up in what you don't have and forget what you do have. And what you do have is, is gold. Yeah. And that is so huge. Like we're always striving for more and striving for more. And it's just like, just take a moment. Like you can strive for more and be grateful for what you have right now. Exactly. You can, you can be both and be grateful. I think sometimes when we're in so much lack, we, or like when we're in that mentality of lack and like, I'm a human too, like knock me off of whatever pedestal. Like this is what I tell people all the time. Like knock me off of it because I'm a human. And like, I fall into lack sometimes and I fall into these mindsets of, you know, negativity, oh, yeah. all of these things. And one of the things, the first thing that happens though, is the minute I fall into that space and I'm in this place of like self-despair and like lack and all these things is I forget how much other people are showing up for me. And sometimes like, that's one of my quickest ways back to being in my power and in a place of positive thinking and love and compassion and empathy is like, okay, I'm feeling this way because blah, blah, blah. But like, what are all of these people doing for like, let me think of five people who show up for me in a big way and say things that I'm grateful for about them. Um, because I think like that people connection, at least for me, like I need people in my life, but I'm also a huge introvert. So like I can disappear for three months in my room with like my library and I'm okay. But then when I need people, it's like, I need my people. So I'm always building those bridges and those connections and maintaining them is something that's really important to me. And like one of the ways I do that is with this gratitude practice um, of just thinking of who are the people I can like, what is one thing I can be grateful for, for my dad, you know, for my boyfriend's best friend, right? Like Brody, like, I'm like, I'm grateful that Zach has Brody and he trusts <laughs> me to like, let me love him that much. Right. And like, that takes me back to my power. That brings me back to this space. And when we're in that vibration is when we can start manifesting and creating and changing and, and doing the things. And like, people think change is a bad thing. And like, I get it. Like, not bad though. It could be a little scary. It's the unknown. But if we're looking at change head on, instead of pretending that it's not happening or it doesn't exist, then we can start. And from a place of gratitude, like what can I be grateful for about what's happening in my life in this change? 
it really gives us the opportunity to start creating the life that we want instead of just letting it happen to us and like almost falling into it. Um, because there's a lot of proactivity in gratitude. Oh yeah. And you know, change is something I think that people get so uncomfortable. It's almost like, you know, like the, the butterfly or the one that I've been thinking about lately is, is like a baby in the womb. You get so uncomfortable that change must happen and it might be scary, but being so uncomfortable is even scarier. And so many people are to the point where they've just lived with so much discomfort that it's just like even making that little shift or taking that step forward, being proactive, you know, listening to that little voice inside of them that's saying, I just need something else. Yeah. And it is scary, but at the same time, after you've done it, you're just like, wow, that, that wasn't so bad. Or maybe that was really, really bad, but look at where I'm at now. <laughs> exactly. And like, okay, so that takes us like right back to where we started earlier that it's like, it's cyclical. Like yeah. everything is cyclical. And it's like, we, like the work when you're first starting out, like to take that first step is scary. It's terrifying a lot of the time, but if you want to get to the crystals and the gems and the pretty things that actually are going to work and you can be in that vibration, you have to get the muck out. You have to be willing to do the harder work and look at the, the people who have wronged you and what was their point of view and forgiving. Like that is a huge part of the work is being willing to forgive yourself, forgiving your parents, forgiving society. Like if you want to create real change in yourself and in the world, like forgiveness is going to be key to forgiveness, gratitude, unconditional love. Like those things are so necessary in order to be able to, to really clear out all of it. Right. Cause it's like, you know, it's a lot to take our own accountability and responsibility and saying like, okay, this is what happened to me, but I'm not going to let that be what stops me from doing something I want to do now and moving forward. But to get to that place, a lot of the time you have to look back and be like, well, what were they going through when all of this was happening? What was the other side of the coin that I haven't given credit or seen yet or paid attention to? And that's a really important thing that we have to do because from that place we can start to see because we put conditions on people, right? Like everyone talks about unconditional love, but then we love so conditionally. It's like, I love you in the role of my mother, but I don't like you when you do things outside of the role of my mother, right? Like that's such a pop, like, I don't want to say popular, not the right word, but it's, it's a story that's so out there that like, you're my mother. And so you must behave in this box role of mother that you have shown me. And like, you know, people get divorced. So, or like they decide to do other things and all of a sudden, you know, they have like, people are getting shunned at like, you're not my mother anymore. Or like, I'm mad at you because you started dating this and this person and like, like whatever. And it's like, well, they're human too. So if we want to love them unconditionally, we have to take people out of the roles that we put them in. And we have to just start seeing them as human beings. Then it's like, I challenge you to look at the people in your life who you've put into roles and like as big as like the Pope, the president, the leaders of the countries and the UN and like all of these people who it's good, it's bad, it's this, it's that, it's their people doing what they think is right. Like in their mind, they are correct the same way you think you are correct. Does it make anyone right? Not really. It's just, we're having different experiences and obviously there are detrimental effects and consequences to choice that we have to look at. But until we're able to take people out of their roles and recognize that like they legitimately think they're doing the best that they can for them and their belief systems and their patterns doesn't make it right. But when we can see them from that place, we can release the anger. We can release a lot of those heavier emotions and we can step into healing. Right. We can't, the thing is, is we can't heal if we're still in the emotional state of anger or sadness or hurt because we're still being affected by it then. But when we can work through those emotions, then we can start the healing and start doing the other things. And so forgiveness, like if you can be grateful for the experience, forgive yourself for what needs to be forgiven, see it from the other person's point of view, forgive them and then forgive the whole thing from that place, you can really start to heal and then move yourself forward. Right. Right. 
And sometimes you just have to say, I can't, you know, I'll never get an apology or I'll never really fully understand. I mean, and, and, but I, I can't let it affect me anymore. I can't let it be a trigger. I can't let it hurt me anymore because it's over and there's nothing that I can do about it anymore. So, and yeah. So and that's sometimes the only thing you can do. And that, that's right. perfect too. That's divine too. Because I believe that that is true letting go. Like we're not guaranteed apologies. A lot of people don't think they're wrong in a situation. Yeah. And so if they're not going to ask for your forgiveness, they're not going to give you an apology. It's okay. How long are you going to keep your cord attached to that? How long are you going to keep funneling energy into that and spending your precious time on it? Or you could cut that cord and decide to look ahead and look forward and change your life and do the things that you want to do. Right. So, right. And I love that you said that too, because when you're sitting there and you're continuing to focus on the hurt or the suffering or whatever that that other person gave you, you're just feeding that still with yeah. your energy. You're letting it drain action. Yeah. Like, that's right there is so you're feeding it that's the law of attraction so what are you going to get you're going to get more of that mm -hmm. so what you focus on is what you get more of in your life so if you're focusing on the pain and the hurt that this one person caused you and then in the next breath saying with this new person why is this happening to me again well there's your work why is it yeah <laughs> right on there it's not them they don't know each other you attracted this to you so right. what needs to be cut. What do you need to work on? What do you have to let go of? All of these different types of things. Cause yeah, the more energy we feed to anything in our past, in our present, in the future, that's, what's going to thrive. Right. Oh yeah. Now you're starting an online program because I want to be able to get this into here too, because um, it was so interesting and that's what I reached out to you about initially. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this and what kind of people you're looking for, what is this going to help people with, how they can join, all the good stuff. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Yeah. So the program is called The Goddess Unveiled. Mm -hmm. So it's an eight-week online group coaching program for women. Um, and basically it's to support women in being introduced to self-development work through a feminine aspect, learning about the goddess spirituality, goddess faith, um, and really learning how to tap into their inner knowing into their truth and understanding of self through a feminine archetype really and i think that's really important i think for myself i was raised in the catholic church which i'm super grateful for you know we had feminine archetypes mostly mother mary and a couple of saints um, but that was really it. Everything else was so focused on this male archetype and, you know, Jesus is my homie. Like I love Christ consciousness is my path in a lot of ways. Um, but what I found was that I, when I was taken out of the Catholic church, because I went through confirmation and then I was in public school and all these different things. When I stopped having that anchor for myself, I totally disconnected from myself and from any type of spiritual practices or spirituality at all. And that was what it was meant to be. It took me about 10 years to cycle back, maybe 12, um, where I found that spirituality again. But when I found it, I found it in the goddess. And the more I study the goddess, the more it's connecting back to Catholicism and the more it's connecting back and they're all intertwined, right? And so this is really taking the feminine perspective on these types of things, the feminine rituals, the parts that mainstream, especially here in the West, um, Christianity and Catholicism don't talk about, but there is a part of both of these mainstream religions that is rooted in the goddess um, that for many reasons they don't talk about. And so that's what I study. I study the feminine lineages of both religion, but also not religion of just spirituality of different cultures of different continents and all these different things. So this program is an opportunity to step into that. So we're going to talk about the history of the goddess, which dates back pre 
pre all of that kind of stuff. Um, we're going to talk about the moon phases. So lunar astrology, we're going to talk about the goddess archetypes. So an archetype is like a collective consciousness. Um, and we can find all across the world, these goddesses specifically, we'll be focusing on the maiden, the mother and the crone, which are the three most common and, um, really a great introduction into goddess archetypes. Um, we'll be focusing on that because we can learn so much from the archetypes. When we look at the archetypal behavioral patterns and thought processes and the god the specific goddesses who fall under those archetypes, all of a sudden we can learn to understand ourselves and why we show up because these are stories that have been passed down for millennia. And now it's time for us to start embodying them, but then also rewriting them and seeing what we can learn from them. We're also going to do ritual work. So ritual work is super, super important to me. Um, I believe it's our offering. It's our constant offering to the deities that we work with. Um, so rituals can look like lighting a candle and gazing into the fire on an intention, or it could be just meditating. You know, ritual can be lighting sage or incense and putting on some music and journaling some questions. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about ritual and sacred space and how to create that for yourself in your home, even if you don't have a lot of space, um, because it all like mine started in a handkerchief tied up that I would travel with because I didn't have any space for it. When I was a kid, like this is how far back it goes. I remember when I was a little girl and I lived in New York and we went to Salem, Massachusetts to see where, you know, the witch trials were. I remember that's when I bought my first wand. I bought my first book on witchcraft and I hid it under my bed with all my things. Cause I was like, I'm a Catholic. Like I'm in Catholic school. People can't know about these things. And that I had my little altar hidden under my bed. So no matter how much space you have, you can have a, a sacred space for yourself. Um, so we talk about that and it's really, and then we talk about a lot of the goddesses um, and then also solar astrology. So we all know our sun, sun sign. Um, but a lot of who we are is we have this cosmic blueprint that we're born. And so the astrology aspect is really a self-development tool to see what can I learn? What can I do? And it's always changing. And a lot of people don't realize that. So we talk about solar astrology, lunar astrology, the archetypes, um, the goddess faith, the burning times, all of these things, but it's all to support you in developing yourself. And you're probably like, well, how do you do that? And it's just when you hear the stories, when you start learning about the different things that were actually happening that like we didn't learn in school, like they weren't teaching us about um, a lot of the, the truth of the burning times when we were learning about it when we were younger. And it goes back so far. And so we're going to learn the truth. Like we're going to dive really deep. And a lot of it's discussion based. So we'll have a call for eight weeks, one every week for two and a half hours. And on that call, I'm going to deliver the content. You're going to have a workbook. We're going to be talking and discussing. Um, but it's a lot of storytelling. It's a lot of storytelling, which before written words, storytelling was how we connected. It was how things were passed on. And it's incredible because, so I read this thing the other day that just blew my mind that they like historians and people are discounting the goddess faith and like the ancient artifacts that they found and the ancient, the stories that have been written on walls, but not written, but it done in like pictures and things like that. And these artifacts that they found. And I read this article said that historians are saying, because it's not written in words, they can't prove it to be true. And my immediate reaction was like, that's because it didn't exist yet. <laughs> like the written word didn't exist yet. And so in doing this work, we are preserving the feminine history. Like written word didn't come around until Greece, right? And so that's when a lot of Greek mythology came in. And we do talk a lot about Greek mythology in this. Um, because a lot of the Western spirituality of women's faith is directly from Greece, Italy, and that part of the world, which makes sense because that's kind of where our country really came from, um, in a lot of ways. And so we kind of get a little bit into that, but it's, we, through storytelling, through sharing our experiences is how we carry and transform and ensure that we're, our lineages aren't forgotten. It's not that the written word didn't come along for a long time. There's a lot of history before recorded books. And that's what we're preserving and that's what we're learning about and that's what we're tapping into. Um, and it's, you'll see like there's so much development in it. And so 
this is really a great program for women who are interested in the goddess faith, who are interested in spirituality and developing really strong relationships with themselves, with a higher power, with other women, um, and who are ready to do some deep transformational work um, in, in faith with the goddess for sure. So you're definitely going to want to have an interest in that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think that's a little <laughs> bit, huh? <laughs> yeah. And it's all online, right? They don't have to be in Arizona to be able to to join up. Okay. Nope. It's going to be totally, 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 totally virtual on uh, Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so it's an eight-week course. Mm -hmm. so, and I love that too, because that's the whole thing. Like, just because it's in a book doesn't mean it's true. And just because it's not in a book doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So, and we're finding out a lot about that you know, this is what's un, being unearthed right now and kind of coming up for a lot of us. So anything that you'd like to leave the audience with or any nuggets or? Always, yes. I really just want to thank you all. First, I'm so, so grateful for you, Sue, and for all of you who are joining and watching and listening. Um, and I really just want to offer you the invitation to, to show up and do the thing that scares you and know that you're always gonna have to be courageous in the face of your, to face your fears. Like the fears aren't gonna magically disappear, but when they show up, that's an opportunity for you to grow and expand yourself in so, so, so many different ways. And so when that inkling comes up and you're like, oh, this is that uncomfortable feeling, I'm not sure I wanna do this, do it, like do the thing that scares you because that's what's gonna change your life. Staying comfortable, you're gonna stay comfortable forever. You wanna live that vibrant, you wanna be self-expressed, you wanna be able to go out and do the things you wanna do it, be courageous, do the courageous work. Yes, yes, that's awesome. And, and yeah, and I appreciate you, Sharon, for coming on and sharing all of your work and your insights and you know just your fantastic personality and soul with us so i really appreciate that thank, thank you so much you. thank you for having me this is awesome yeah definitely so i am going to put sharon's um contact information in the show notes so if anybody wants to get a hold of her they can go ahead and do that and if you want to sign up for her class that's starting soon. I will put all of the dates and times and information on there. So with that, I will let you all go and have a fantastic day and we will talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.